Hello and you are very welcome to Dan and Dara on Dublin South FM. On tonight's show, we will be looking at a night in for Sean's Big Build, which is a fundraiser for a young man in need of improved housing. We have a great interview with its organiser, Neve Dunphy, of Irish Music Channel's podcast. We delve into the truly dreary existence of Ross Coleman. Dan finds out what makes Carol Doyle, the co-host of RTE Players series, go outside and play tick in our feature interview. And we'll also wave off the Irish Paralympic team. All that and some more on tonight's show with me, Darren McNicholas. And me, Dan Airy. Dan, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you? Ah, sure. Listen, isn't it great? Um, you know, Monday evening, what else would you be doing? Where would you want to be? Absolutely. Plenty to be talking about tonight. Plenty to be talking about tonight, actually. Um, yeah, lots lot to get on with. Now, I, do you know what? We will start with um, a night in for Sean's Big Build, uh, which was last week. Um, a fundraiser organised by our good friend Eve Dunphy of uh, Irish Gems, Irish Music Gems, the podcast, mm-hmm. um, for a young man called Sean who uh, is in need of uh, improved living uh, conditions, really effectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, it was something that he needs um, an extra extension to be able for his, his parents to be able to because he's getting to a stage now I think where it's getting very difficult for them to to look after him um to the standard that would be required in the current situation they're in. Yeah, like his mom can't be logging up and downstairs the whole time now anymore. Um and it, it was kind of there were a lot of a lot of fantastic parallels in the middle of all of this um where Neve you know, who is in a, in a wheelchair herself and was able to kind of look at her her life when she was growing up. And they were in a, kind of pretty much the same situation mm. uh, and did get the extension they needed at the time. But it was, you know, whatever we're talking, 20, 30 years on, and it's still the same arguments, still the same conversations with government and council and still the same arguments, still the same fights. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think like that's even something that we've um, come across through this, like this whole process is that it's the same thing over and over again. And to be honest, I think I've resigned myself to like having to speak about these things until my last breath. I know that sounds very uh, <laughs> morbid, but it, it's like it is the reality for for a lot of a lot of people with um with disabilities and and Sean is is one of those people and i think um Neve has done an absolutely fantastic job putting this together she did um and for anyone and i know Neve's going to be sharing it at some stage um online but this was um a whole bunch of um really up and coming Irish actor um, plus Eddie Pickering I know she's Irish but she has an Irish connection um, mm. she's English but she has Irish roots so, so we're going again we're making her kind of honorary Irish person I think um, just, yeah. just for the just for the show itself you know but uh, I know I, I covered an interview which we're going to we're going to play shortly um, with Neve, but just setting it up getting it done um, mm-hmm. one of the big things here was um, uh and the whole thing was set up by disabled people for disabled people. Yeah. Which is kind of fantastic. And it, it, it reflects where, you know, we're talking about getting back to normal, normal society and stuff like that. And, you know, getting back out and opening up concerts and, 
you know, and I think one of the things Neve was always kind of pushing for as well was that we don't lose contact with um, people who can't make it, who suddenly were kind of being included just because everybody else is forced in situation. So you have artists putting on online shows or taking that into consideration and they're able to reach everybody that maybe they won't um, just suddenly go, ah, yeah, here we go. That's right. Don't need that anymore. Um, sure. Why would we want any sort of online part of this at all? Um, we're, we're back on stage now. The place is full and absolutely brilliant. We have our five people in the preachers over there. We've ticked the box. <laughs> That's absolutely deadly. You know, yeah. it just, it, it, you know, that it's kind of like, yes, we're having a concert. Yes, we're going to have this online content. That it should be now just a, a sort of a bigger tick in the box rather than yeah. sticking up the platform in the corner and pushing the people in the wheelchairs up there and going, yeah, we're sorted. We're grand. No, absolutely. And I, I think um, like it's something that we, we've spoken about a, a number of times in the past about like learning from situations like this to kind of move forward in in a post-pandemic society where we can be more inclusive and things like that. And I think this is that exact um, thing in action. You know, it, it's like it's bringing more people in, as, as you said. And I think um, from the from the reaction of the artists on the night and even from like looking at social media during the week, um, you know, more artists doing kind of a live experience, you know, the appetite from the artist, from people in general is there. So let's keep it going. Absolutely. Uh, you are listening to Dan and Dara on Dublin South FM. Dan, I think we'll give that little uh, interview with Eve a little listen. I'm joined now by uh, the amazing Neve Dunphy uh, of Irish Music Gems. And uh, I'd almost say now, uh, Neve, you're a, a music producer. Would that be fair? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they call music producer. I'm just a uh, organiser of music events at this point. Okay. Gatherer of people, maybe. Yes. With amazing musical talent. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so today I just, I just wanted to catch up with you as regards the big night in for Sean's big build or the night in for yeah. Sean's big build, which I was very lucky to uh, attend. I guess I bought a ticket with a whole lot of other people, um, and it was it was brilliant. I have to say I was pretty much impressed. Thank you. So well done. You made a few quid. Yeah, five hundred and forty. Brilliant. That was between like so some some of it was the tickets, and then other bits was like people putting in the go for me while you were. While we were on the shelves, but that's what was adding up to more different places, and then it was like people handing me money afterwards and that kind of a thing as well. Fantastic. Uh, is the GoFundMe page still open? Yes, it is. So, the part of it, I, I suppose, was the whole for a disabled child, but more importantly, by disabled people. Yeah, that was a really big thing. Yeah, it was huge. And it just kind of goes to show, especially with the online stuff, just simply what can be done. Yeah, exactly. Because take me, for example, Dara, you know me very well, you know my. Hand dexterity isn't great, hence why you edit my podcast and stuff. But so what I wanted to do was, like, you met my friend Paul Farrell that, that night as well, who did all the tech stuff. I kind of wanted to show that with two of us doing it, it can be done as a, it can be done the same way as an everybody person as well. Yeah, and I have to say, or well, I suppose, is it fair to say that the outlay from an expenses point of view isn't huge? Nothing, really, to be so honest. This was this was all done over Zoom. Yeah. I think and with uh, tickets are through Eventbrite. Yeah, 
And that was it. Simples. That was literally it. The only thing I paid for was you obviously have to start paying for Zoom uh, subscriptions because to go over the 45 minutes, but that was it. It was like 14 euros. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you what anybody can do. Never mind, uh, you know, being big promoters or, you know, if you're MCD or, MC, you know, uh, putting yeah. on, you know, it can, you can put on a very, very simple show. Doesn't take much either. No, it didn't. I mean, I, I didn't see anything. I mean, the sound was fantastic. Thank you. The quality of it was absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and I think it, it it was actually just a pleasure to... Now, I know it, a lot of it was quite funny because you had various different artists who were kind of meeting each other and who yeah. were aware of each other kind of through yeah. other things. And that was lovely. Yeah. That I just, I, I really enjoyed that. I wanted that because it's kind of like, obviously, everybody on there pretty much I'm, fr I'm friends with. But like the way it kind of went for me this year was everybody I met on that I met through somebody else. So take for example, with like by having Katie by having Katie on the podcast, I met Tara, I met Tara, Sadie Picker, and also knows Tara. I wanted it to also be a networking thing for all of us as well because Nate and Mac and Tara had never met each other and actually they get on really well. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it came across a lot of love in the room. A lot of love for you as well, I have to say, and even in the room as well, which was, which was, was nice a, to see. An enormous amount of love for me in the room. I was actually kind of shocked about, to be honest. Why? I don't know. I think you know me very well there. I'm very, like, critical of myself. And I'm always afraid that these things aren't going to come off as well as they do. Yeah, I, I suppose, and fair enough. I mean, this was a pretty, this was a pretty big... Um, a big undertake. Uh, I mean, and they shouldn't they shouldn't be underestimated. I know we're kind of going, ah, yeah, sure, it was Zoom, it was free, uh, it was it was grand. But to actually pull it all together though is, um, you know, to get all of those people in the one place at the one time. Um, okay, City City Pickering was pre-recorded, but still, yeah. you know, even to do that, um, and and, and get that edited and brought in, and to be able to play it in the right place at the right time. And I, I know Porrick's not the, the most technically minded person either. It's not what he does. He's very good at it. But he did very well. He did incredibly well. And to be honest with you, for that, for that whole week, because I was unwell, he kind of took the reins of stuff. Okay, so a useful chap to have. A lot of like sitting on Zoom together, him typing out the running orders and stuff like that, and trying to figure out the best, best way of doing things, making sure Sadie's audio ran properly. I'd say we spent about it's a good for the whole two weeks up to this we spent about 12 15 hours on zoom together figuring out the, figuring out the best way to for it to come off properly so it was a lot of contributed time by both of us to kind of yeah have you have you written it all down yeah good okay no no it'd be just interesting to you know this is how you do it kind of thing because i think our biggest concern was obviously having to like making sure Sadie's pre-record would play properly because obviously it's an overlay of audio it's not the so that was actually to be honest tops to your editing there because that was grand we thought we were going to have more of an issue than we did ah, I wish I'm very useful when I get going and it was lovely actually on the night to uh, have Sean there and his mum and dad um, yeah, yeah which was which very was lovely fantastic. yeah they are yeah uh, and I, I think they kind of appreciated your efforts too which is I was going to say which is good and which is important but it is you know um, but it was, it was nice to be able to see see them there and kind of realise actually what all this effort is for that wasn't planned either but that was, I was kind of glad it happened when it did because it does show what it's what it's for because one of my friends came back to me came back to me afterwards and we were like 
talking about the importance of how much fundraising for something like that will will improve like the difficulties that he already has in his life. Yeah. Uh, and just to remind people that the, the event was for uh, Sean to get an extension in his house effectively yeah. to improve the quality of life of not just Sean, but everybody in the house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because his mom was kind of even saying like she can't carry him upstairs anymore. Yeah. You know, they're just simply not capable of it. Because to be honest, for me, like I just, I was seeing that page floating around Instagram and then I looked to see what it was. And I was like, that brought me back to being, I think, God, order about eight or nine. And we were in the same boat with me, where I had to be carried up the stairs and stuff before I got the extension built and things like that. And so it just, and my mom had to have the, like, the same arguments with the council and stuff right. to try and get. So <laughs> kind of, the world it, hasn't changed a great deal then, has it? It made me kind of go like, right, I couldn't do something about this really when I was a kid, because obviously you're not aware of these things. But what, but what can we do to help? somebody now that I live as an adult with a disability and I'm very aware of the fact that these things can happen because I think I messaged Porrick at like seven in the morning I have this idea do you want to help me and he was like yeah lovely that's what you want people just jumping on board to be fair you did as well because I was just running and you were like yeah okay. oh yeah well I have no choice Neve. I know you'll track me down and move me over in your wheelchair so you know I, 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 well, I know I, think, what, I know what the score is yeah absolutely uh, Neve, it was lovely to catch up with you um, and again just you know, absolutely hats off to you and what you've done. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, Just to make a point as well, I also wanted it to be, it's also been a year since we've launched the podcast and I've had a very, like, I've had an incredibly busy year with it, as you know. Hmm. So I wanted it to be the round off of a good year of me taking a break from things for a while. Yeah. Kind of stepping back to kind of do my education a bit more and for that and kind of go down other avenues with things. Lovely. Neve, so, again, thanks very much and fantastic no uh, job. And uh, thanks for talking to me. No worries, Dar. And yeah, I, I think one of the things that, that struck me um, listening to that interview was the, the production element of it. Like it makes it easier for people with disabilities to attend gigs, yes. But there still is that... Um, production element of putting it all together organizing everything and uh and i think she did she did a great job with that she did a super job and i mean if anybody has um any spare time in the lake and you know, i'll podcast uh we would highly recommend you go and find uh, neve dunphy's irish music gems the podcast anywhere you find your podcast because she has um and i know i'm biased sorry because i edit her podcasts anyway um but she has some fantastic interviews with uh young up-and-coming irish artists um with massive passion um and i suppose part of that passion down i think was very evident um at the gig um where pro mm -hmm. nathan i think i think it was more his shock really was it yeah i think um i kind of got the sense of it that he, he was quite shocked as you as you said and and surprised at how um difficult um the lives of people with disabilities can be at, at times and I think it, it was interesting he, he said something along the lines of um you know I, I think it's important this is me kind of paraphrasing him saying I think it's important for people like me that are in 
a position of surprise or shock to pass on that to people that wouldn't have any knowledge of it because I think and I don't know whether whether you'd agree with me on this but I think we've kind of gotten to a point that um we come up against stories and and we're going to cover one of them in in a little bit but we come up against stories about like people with disabilities being um shortchanged shall we say and it just becomes oh it's another story here we go again yeah no i I would yeah i would agree with you um i mean even me uh i suppose to some degree i i I, i'm not surprised anymore Mm. Uh, i know i was uh and i would be you know up there with the um indignant few (gasps) oh my god that's terrible (laughs) that's just simply oh my god no really oh but now it's kind of like yeah really no no yeah really yeah this is what's happening this is exactly what's happening and yes people have been rolled around the room in wheelchairs um and whatever uh your disability is you're getting nothing you know yeah and uh i think yeah i while i while i'm not immune to the whole thing or uh i'm not nor am i kind of going eh, yeah you know it's grand um <laughs> You do kind of, it was interesting to see his kind of reaction. Um, and I suppose this is why what we do is important. Yeah, absolutely. Why what Neve did was incredibly important. Um, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who follow the artists that she um, was involved with or had there who will now possibly get exposed to this. Um, mm-hmm. To the plight of that young man. Not necessarily that, that Sean's big build, but to other people. Um, and then to be able to kind of go, yeah, really, gosh, it's really not that good at all, actually, to be honest. Um, mm. You know, what's going on here in, in, in little old Ireland, uh, never mind around the world. Um, but yeah, so, so I mean, you know, if nothing else, that was good. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think like the the term is used quite a lot, like allies. I think it's a, it's a matter of like... Um, putting together a group of allies like um, the artists that we had at Sean's Big Building and allowing them to spread the message as well from a point of view where they have not as much of a connection to disability where they're spreading it to people that wouldn't have any and then they're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm aware of this now, so let's do something about it. Yeah, um, that is very so, important. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just like to congratulate Neve on a wonderful night. It was brilliant. Yeah. And uh, just let you know as well, we will have later on coming up, we're going to have Dan's interview with uh, Carol. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a good interview, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it, it's quite interesting. Um, uh, you know, we're going to come to that in a minute. But I think, will we have a chat about the truly dreary existence of Ross Coleman. We shall, yeah. Yes. You better um, give that a bit of, bit of uh, context as well, Dan, because it just sounds like I've got the truly dreary existence of Ross Coleman. It just, I don't know, it sounds like a book, like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid or something, but um, you really couldn't absolutely. make this up. So the, the context for that uh, colourful introduction, Dan, um, comes from 
the headline uh, itself, and I will say, uh, Ralph Coleman is, is uh, a friend of mine. I, I went to um, secondary school with him, and he is quite the linguist. Uh, so this comes from a article that he wrote for the Irish Times, and the headline is, I live a truly dreary existence. All I'm asking for is the same rights as all of you. Um, so this is essentially a an article uh, detailing his experience of the pandemic, of the lockdown, and how he's been feeling uh, through it. And again, the importance of personal assistance services. So he says, as a disabled person, I often have no choice but to stay indoors because of a lack of personal assistance services, personal assistance services. How are you meant to have a fulfilling life if you can only use your arms and legs for a few hours a day? And why he says a few hours a day is because according to HSE figures, uh, 65% of personal assistance service users received less than 10 hours of support a week which is by no means sustainable whatsoever. Not shocked again there, though, no, Dan. Absolutely. Um, I think we, we, we know that. Uh, I think we know that from talking to a lot of people on this show, um, you know, people with disabilities or additional needs or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, 10 hours of support a week. Well, what are you going to do with 10 hours? You know, Not even if, even if you said much. it's a working week, that's over five days. You know, that's two hours a day. Um, you know, put that over seven, seven days, it's an hour and a bit every day. You know, does that like half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the evening? Yeah. Uh, just what can you get done? It's not sustainable whatsoever, whatsoever. Um, and I, I think it comes back to um, comments from the likes of Nathan where they are shocked about about situations like this and and we need more um we need more stories like this to keep being pushed out um into the world so more and more people are aware of it um and it goes into a little bit more detail saying uh commentators um have raised concerns about the impact of the pandemic on young people um, and he says, I have experienced this for most of my teenage years. My sense of self has been stunted. Um, and I think that comes back to a conversation that we've had again multiple times around the fact that, yeah, the pandemic has kind of been a level playing field because this isn't just a pandemic situation for for people with disabilities this is like forget the pandemic this is day-to-day -day, the day-to-day -day situation yeah no it is uh you know but then we're, we're kind of we had we did see in the olympics that um the gymnast uh sorry i can't remember her name um who kind of went all right that's it i'm not doing it um i'm looking at her mental health here and the pressure she was under and then we did make a big hullabaloo about, oh my goodness me, the pressure, 
you know, we're putting everybody on and we have to look after mental health. And I said, I, you know, I, I think. The frustrating thing about it is that it's ridiculously simple. Again, it's so simple to, to, be, to be changed. And even there was a story um, that I was looking at during the week on social media from um, Jenny Berry, who we've mentioned uh, a couple of times. And she had another instance where she um, was away in a hotel and she fell um, in the showers and she couldn't access the um, emergency cord. Uh, because it was wrapped around one of the um, handrails, yeah, but it was okay. far too far too high up for it to, for it to reach. And um, it was in, it was interesting just kind of following her stories afterwards. She was like, "I don't want like a major overhaul. This isn't anything major at all. It's just a matter of people changing their attitudes. It's as simple as that." Yeah, looking at it slightly differently. Absolutely. And I think when when it comes to like um changing people's attitudes and, and societal attitudes, where where do you look? You look at the people that are in power, governments and things like that. And we look at like uh November 2019, our government um passed a motion that would make personal assistance services a legal right massively important right um which was adopted by all present uh but unfortunately with the election and coronavirus progress on the bill has stalled this comes back to ross's article as well um with the government's record on disability rights i fear that the bill will be forgotten about and that disabled people will be confined to their homes for the rest of their lives. Enough is enough. The government has had a taste of our lives. It must give us our rights so that we can live our lives. Simple as that. Yeah, no, we have discussed that, Dan, and I hope we've all kind of experienced the, the life of uh, a disabled person uh, by not getting out through. Yeah, but I think we're past that now and we're going, the hell with that. Uh, we're out, out now. Um, and the rest of you can just stay there if you want. Um, yeah, sorry, we're getting on with our lives tough you know i think it, it's i just have a funny feeling that's the way it's heading yeah you know but on a positive note though dan we have the paralympics coming up absolutely uh something absolutely. to look forward to um for sure i got a i got a, a whatsapp message from my brother um uh, last night he's over in england um and he just sent me a picture of himself uh and a guy in a wheelchair uh, and I was like, oh, what the hell is this? And I kind of look at it, and I kind of sent, obviously sent the little, the little text, but uh, Patrick Flanagan, Paddy Flanagan, uh, an Irish swimmer. He was heading through uh, Terminal 5 in, uh, no, I was heading back from, my, my brother was heading back from Spain, uh, and he was heading out to the Olympics. Brilliant. Yeah, deadly. Uh, Brilliant oh, you know, he used to, obviously there in his Irish gear and stuff like that. Now, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Paddy Flanagan, I'm not Noel, my brother, he's not an Olympian. Uh, <laughs> he, he has no trouble getting around himself, never mind. Um, you know, but he does have this kind of claim he has a load of medals for everything, bar swimming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think we have some really good stuff to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know um, some of our Olympians are already out there and other ones are, are, are making their way. Um, yes. Hopefully, you know, they have a, a good trip. You know, I, I've seen the photographs of Erlingus and, and 
Mm. Uh, the Olympians leaving here, leaving Dublin. Um, you know, I often wonder what that flight would be like. Yes. Actually, good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you know, you know, you know what you're getting. Right. So it's not like uh, suddenly it's probably like a flight to Lourdes, maybe with with people uh, with ailments and disabilities heading out to Lourdes to get the cure. Uh, but at least I suppose, you know, could you imagine, you know, they're looking at you going, will you share? Oh, no, hold on a second now. Jim, did you know we're getting a wheelchair on today? We're going to have to embarrassingly carry this person down through the middle of the aisle and dump them into their seat. You know, I think, uh, yeah, at least you know what you're getting on that flight. Yeah, it would actually be interesting because, uh, like, I've, I've had um, some experience, shall we say, of um, issues on flight before. Um, so it would be interesting to kind of and to be honest i don't think that would be something you'd hear a lot about um unless it was from the the athletes themselves but it would be interesting to kind of guess uh a point of view on that about like how smooth everything was kind of yeah going but yeah, well, let's, let's let's try and catch up one of our paralympians when they get back you know shout out there to any young I know a lot of you are probably listening to your downtime actually <laughs> listen to this show because it clearly it's going to be podcasted as well. So yeah, you know, give us a shout if you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So Dan, you had a, a super interview with um, Carl Oyle. Yes. Um, he very kindly uh, chatted to me earlier in the week and uh, he is a fellow graduate of the... Um, creative digital media course that um that the two of us were on um graduated the, the year before us um and yeah he, he graduated from an it we <coughs> we graduated from university just <laughs> sorry car <laughs> tough, tough out there you know what can you do <laughs> and um he is now um working uh with um, a friend of the show, uh, Saoirse Shad, as part of Nerdy Bird Media, and I had a little bit of a chat with him about his new gig, um, Go Outside and Play, Famous Locations, which is on RTE Player now. I'm Dan Airy, and right now I'm joined by content creator Carl Doyle. What's up, man? How you doing, Carl? How's things? I'm good, man. I'm really excited to be on the air. Uh... On the podcast, I've had a few listens to a couple episodes, and uh, I do really like the podcast, so you've definitely got yourself a, a new fan here. So thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. So tell us a little bit about that title of yours, Content Creator. What does that cover? That means basically I'm just a, a mixed bag for media stuff because I can't decide what I like the most. So um, really, I'm just a guy who works on videos first and foremost podcasts uh, so I edit them I shoot them um, and I also do a bit of presenting now I guess as well so just a, a big broad term that's why I like the phrase uh, content creator brilliant stuff brilliant stuff and that brings us on to uh, nerdy bird media can you tell us a little bit about that yes yeah, so nerdy bird media is a the business that me and our mutual friend, Saoirse Shad, uh, run together. And it's, again, just us making content for 
a bunch of different country uh, companies. And um, yeah, it's just been a business we started just after college, kind of uh, making videos for a lot of different companies, doing a wide range of stuff. And uh, been at it ever since. Deadly stuff. And how have you found that, you know, through the course of the pandemic? Has it been, has it been difficult? There was definitely a shift in what we were doing. So we kind of moved more into uh, editing and stuff you could do at home because obviously when the pandemic hit and we all got stuck inside our homes, had to figure out a new way to make money. So we focus less on the shooting now and more on the, uh, the editing stuff. But now that things are starting to open back up again, uh, luckily we're able to get back to doing stuff, shooting and editing, which is a ton of fun. It's nice to get out there, you know. Yeah, it certainly is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with everything um, going on, you, you were mentioning about uh, content creation. Um, and one of those bits of content is called Go Outside and Play Famous Locations. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's the one. So um, Go Outside and Play Famous Locations is actually the third season of a series already uh, created by Carl Mullen and it's uh, all of them are live on the RTE player right now and basically it's a show first and foremost about finding hidden gems all around Ireland like staycation spots great for Instagram shots and just cool places to travel to all around our little country and uh, yeah I loved it so much that when I had the chance to meet Carl I pitched him a show or pitched him an idea for letting me come on to the show for another season and uh, bringing that accessibility aspect to it. So I thought that was a, a really fun angle to take with it. Oh, okay, cool. So how I'm, I'm just curious listening, you know, how did that uh, opportunity come about first and foremost? <laughs> so um, I was actually going for an internship interview at RTE and the person interviewing me was Carl Mullen himself. So uh-huh. <laughs> when I see him, I was like, right, this is my moment. Because <laughs> I had already seen the, uh, the first, uh, I think there was only one season out at the time. But I had watched it all and I loved it. And uh, even in the interview, I was thinking to myself, oh, I am probably not going to get this job. There's a bunch of other people going for it. And I'm sure that they're all really experienced so I thought if I'm not going to get the internship then I may as well just pitch a show and see what happens from that and then funny enough the internship itself didn't even happen for anyone because of uh, the pandemic obviously so that uh, that was crap but luckily because I pitched the show uh, a year later when things were starting to ease up again I got the uh, the email from Carl and uh, the producers at RTE asking to do the, sh- the show so it was a blessing in disguise, really. That is that is just that that's brilliant. It's it's certainly they they kept you they kept you waiting. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I had moved on with my life. I completely forgot I even came up with the idea, but obviously Carl didn't, so that was great. But that's that, that's the important thing. And I and I suppose like with with um like people like yourself, people with, with disabilities and, and representation and things like that in in media it must have been something that kind of crossed your mind when when you were pitching it or yeah absolutely that was a a real main thing because i had always even found in myself that uh 
you know, even seeing somebody else in a wheelchair on the TV made me feel a certain way. So it kind of, uh, I felt like we needed more of it, you know, like more people just uh, with disabilities out doing shows. And I thought Go Outside and Play was perfect because it was also really active and outgoing. And there's not really many uh, disabled people doing travel series like that. So that was the uh, the main thing. And it was also to see if these places that car was going to were accessible. Because I was thinking at the time when I was pitching, I was like, ah, oh, I probably never, it probably never happened. I'd never be able to do it. But then going to these places, you find that it all is possible. And that's uh, part of what we wanted to do with the show, you know, show that it was all possible. And do you think because of that, uh, your your attitude towards travel ha- has has changed at all? Oh, it completely changed because of the show. Like a uh, a full one eighty, really. I would always class. I used to class myself as a real like a uh, like a city slicker. You know, I never really went out doing um like you know hikes or anything. I never really went to the country. But then when we were doing the show and researching. And uh, I went on a few staycations myself and I just seen all these different parts of Ireland and they were also like beautiful and, you know, picturesque and scenic. And it was just so much fun doing the show. Like, honestly, at some points, it didn't even feel like we were working. It just kind of felt like we were on holiday. And uh, when I was going to these places, I always assumed that there'd be a lot of issues with the wheelchair, you know, steps everywhere and rough terrain that just was unmanageable. But it really wasn't. Now, I did do planning and stuff uh, before going, which really helps. But, you know, once you do that, you really can go anywhere. And that's uh, definitely changed my attitude. So I think from now on, I'll definitely be doing a lot more traveling. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Actually, that's something I wanted to ask you around the, around the planning um, side of things, because I think it, it's come up uh, with conversations that I've had with, with Dara before and just friends and, and different people I know about the kind of surprise that a lot of people get around the planning side of things. How, how, did, how did that go for, for you guys? Yeah, I think there's a lot more planning for, you know, people like us, wheelchair users that would go into a trip than, you know, just uh, an able-bodied person. Like, um, that was one thing even Carl Mullen was saying, like he was so used to just, you know, jumping into a car, driving to a location and, you know, getting out and like doing his thing. But, uh, you know, for us, we got to, we got to make sure that when we, you know, jump in the car and get out that we can actually go to the place. Cause that's the, uh, the worst thing is to jump in the car, drive for two hours and then find that, yep, just got to turn home. So that's where planning comes into it. You know, I always try and like look at um, Google images, you know, and like try and see all the terrain, see if there's any steps or things and look at reviews as well. And just kind of, you know, ask around, even call ahead sometimes if it's a, a venue you're going to, just to check and see if it's wheelchair accessible. And do you generally find that um, people are quite receptive to those kind of uh, those kind of requests and things like that? Yeah, I'd say people are... Uh, definitely receptive and all people in my experience have always tried to be as helpful as possible now there's occasions where they might not know how to help or they might be unsure but that's okay as long as they're you know you can be honest and say like oh I don't know if it's wheelchair accessible actually we never really 
thought about it because that even gives me an idea anyway. And it's better that they just tell me that, you know, over the phone or something rather than me going and, you know, getting stuck with a, a, a big surprise like that when I get there. And I always try and like, you know, if it is an uncertain thing somewhere I'm going, I'll try and bring like a plan B, like a, a manual wheelchair or spare crutches. That's what we were doing on the show as well, just in case. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's something that myself and myself and Dara have, have um touched on a number of times is that like I think it's the importance of like having conversations with people with disabilities and just like I I suppose that as somebody with a disability like saying to somebody whether or not you're you're comfortable in in a certain situation with something being spoken about. And I think one of the most, I'm not sure if you'd agree with this, but one of the most important areas of that is travel and accessibility. Absolutely. I think that you're right on the money there with the conversations and that they're the most important part. I always say like, if anybody has any questions to about my disability or, you know, what I can and can't do, just ask away because that's the only way people are going to learn, you know, is, you know, true conversations and true asking like a lot of people we forget like you know because it's you and me might forget sometimes how obvious or not obvious something is because it's kind of our life you know it's every day for us but people Mm. who just aren't near the world of disability might just have no clue so it's important for them to, to ask questions like that and that's really important when it comes to traveling and just getting around the place accessibility wise Absolutely. Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was just having a, a conversation uh, with a friend during the week and I actually had to like remind myself to just like strip back everything and go, I need to go like right back to <laughs> not the start, but just back to the simple things and kind of go from there. Exactly. Um, the things that are obvious to you, but probably not obvious to them. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because it's not something that, as you said, like so often we kind of talk about it and we're like, this isn't really something that a lot of say in in air quotes a lot of the rest of society would think of, but like in this instance, it's not necessarily something that we would think of quite a lot. Speaking of education and well, education and learning about disability, how did you find uh, working with Carl Mullen? I hated it, hated the guy. <laughs> um, honestly, he's a, a great guy, and I'm chuffed that I had him uh, alongside me presenting the, the show because obviously I've never done any like professional presenting work, so I was glad that Carl was presenting with me because he's so easy to work with and just a really likable guy. Like we got on instantly uh, on the very first uh, screen test. It was just, you know, kind of, I was expecting to be a lot more nervous than I was, but thanks to Carl and the whole crew really, because you got to shout out um, Rebecca, Gar and Connor uh, for just making me feel real at home and just being a pleasure to work with. But um, yeah, no, Carl was a, a great guy to work with. And I think he, in terms of the education and learning about disability, I think he was saying to me that he learned a lot uh, shooting the show as well, just accessibility-wise, you know, things that he hadn't really thought of, which was great for both of us. 
that, that's great news. That's great news because I suppose I suppose that's exactly what you want. Absolutely, yeah. So it was just a. Oh, I was just really lucky that we got on so well and that he is such a such a nice guy. So hopefully we can work again on something in the future because I had such a good time working with him the first time. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Um, and we don't want to give away any spoilers uh, <laughs> for our listeners. Um, but you went to some pretty cool places. Oh, we went to some super cool locations. I'll try my best not to spoil it, but even even I'm at risk to spoil my own show here because um, there was a load of great locations of just uh, famous locations, you know. Uh, some of my favorite TV shows, favorite movies, uh, and some of them I didn't actually know were even shot here in Ireland, which was even more like uh, exciting, getting to the place and then being like, why are we here? And finding out that there was uh, great shows like that shot. So if you watch the show, I would definitely recommend visiting these places yourself if you're a fan of uh, the shows or movies that we uh, that we went to. Definitely worth a visit. And I, I get the impression from you, Carl, that, that um, doing this kind of thing, I, I, I know it might seem obvious, but it, it seems like, you've learned an awful lot as well about where you can go and kind of maybe a, a different perspective of being like oh I can actually go here would that would that be would that be fair that is very fair Dan because I definitely was surprised with uh, what I could do I was expecting there to be a lot more hiccups than there was we were even talking when we were planning the show that uh we're saying if we go somewhere and there is hiccups, then we should say that as well. So people know, you know, other people with disabilities know themselves. But um, honestly, it didn't really it didn't really happen because uh, Ireland, I guess, is just a, a bit more accessible than I was expecting. And even in places where I thought like Mother Nature is going to get in the way here, it was always still manageable. Now, I will say it's great to have people around. I always think if you're traveling with a disability, it's good to have like at least one buddy especially in a wheelchair, because, like, you know, if you get, like, stuck in long grass or gravel, they're there to to push it out, basically, or to give you a hand. But uh, we didn't even need a lot of that. So knowing now how possible and how accessible it is to, how accessible and how possible it is to get around Ireland, I think that's a definitely a reason for me to go out and, like, travel more. And sure, if Ireland was this easy, like, maybe abroad as well will also be just as a, uh, possible mm-hmm. well i i definitely know from um experience that uh there are there are places abroad that like um you can go to for sure i, I know there's, there's a place that we go to in um lanzarote in 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 spain or uh, yeah lanzarote lanzarote is lanzarote um lanzarote, yeah. <laughs> but uh it's it, it's it's half uh, wheelchair accessible and half kind of in inverted commas standard, uh, <laughs> which is great. And uh, myself and, and and the family have gone there a couple of times. And one one thing I've noticed, um, you know, being in our situations is that 
you tend to go back to places that are like familiar that you you know i think that's almost a a blessing and a curse in in the in the same breath because you're kind of you know thing is going to work but then when you've gone back so many times it's like what else is there to see don't think definitely yeah like knowing somewhere is accessible is a great reason to go back there but at the same time i guess it does kind of stop you from you know trying someplace new as well i guess you need to find like the happy balance is there a, a place for you that kind of after this experience that you'd uh, you'd like to experience um i don't i don't know uh i don't have a place off the top of my head i might go lanzarote now that you've said but um <laughs> i would uh, recommend it yeah <laughs> um in terms of ireland uh carl mullen was just telling me to you know stay on instagram and see if you can find like find cool spots like that so i'm doing a lot of that now and i'm also just uh trying to staycation more uh especially now with the the pandemic while it's still going on a bit you know staycations are always uh always on the agenda but um yeah i've just been just been looking at any any cool places i can find now in ireland i'm willing to give it a try now willing to go there uh thanks to the show you know thanks to being surprised by how accessible things were now i feel like the world is my oyster and definitely ireland is Excellent, excellent stuff. And what would you like um, people to take away from it? I think the main thing I want people to take away from it is just just how beautiful a country we have. Like when you actually, you know, travel it, when you go to these places and you see like uh, the history and, you know, obviously where cool places were shot. Try not to give away shows, but sure, you know, it, the show is out. It, there, there's cool places like where Game of Thrones was shot. I think everyone knows that that was shot in uh, Northern Ireland. We go there. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, Ireland's a great place to go around and travel. And then also that it's, um, it is accessible. And even if it's not accessible, you can still go, like if it's not all 100% accessible, there's still a load of great accessible places that you can go. And they're definitely worth going to just for the experience. No, no, for sure. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I was watching it going, there's definitely like, I'm definitely more open to it, similar to yourself now than I would have been um, around travel and things like that. Because it, it's something, I suppose it's something that I've always wanted to do, but I suppose because of things like access and and things like that, you kind of, it's just, there's that obstacle in a way and I think a show like this is so important because it's actually showing people that no there's more to it exactly yeah and the best thing is once you get that obstacle out of the way you know you can just focus on enjoying yourself and having the crack so that's why I bring it back again to just planning your trips and you know thinking about accessibility before you ever leave the house because once you can get that out of the way oh it's always so much fun man Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, so for you personally, uh, what's next for you? Uh, 
God, I never really plan more than a day ahead. I don't even know what I'm having for dinner today. But <laughs> um, what's next for me? Um, I suppose I'd love to try and keep making uh, more shows, you know, just whatever the, the theme is. And I always try and have that, uh, that disability aspect to it, just mainly for uh, more uh, representation of disability in Ireland and in our media, you know, so. I'll probably always be trying to get things made just for that. And it doesn't even always have to be about disability because, mm-hmm. you know, like my life isn't about disability. It's just a part of it. So I hope that in the shows I do, they won't be about disability, but they'll be a part of it in the same way, in the same vein. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a, a conversation that myself and Dara come back to quite uh, quite a bit. And it's a conversation that we've had with um, Paddy Slattery as well. Uh, film director about kind of making content and this question of like uh, do people with disabilities have to make disability related content and it's just like no absolutely not exactly yeah because there's more to us than just the disability like even just doing our own thing I feel like is a lot of representation and uh, just a great perspective to have in itself, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I suppose the other side of that argument would be, like, if not people like yourself and myself, who else? That's true. We just got to do it ourselves, man. <laughs> sure, look at you. You're out here making uh, content, fantastic content, by the way, and disability is part of it, but also it's just uh, you and Dara as well, just, you know, being yourselves. Absolutely. So I think you're definitely a, a champion for it, you know. Thank you very much, Ben. Much appreciated. No, <laughs> um, no, I I think it's 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 I completely agree with what you were saying. Re- representation is, is the key. So where can people find you and Nerdy Bird Media? So uh, you can find me, I guess. Oh, uh, at Nerdy Bird Media, <laughs> you can find. Uh, me at instagram carl doyle photography with a k i'm gonna be honest i don't actually post there much but uh i'm trying to do more uh same you can follow nerdy bird media on instagram as well and uh hopefully you'll see me more on the uh the rte player if i can you know think of more shows to do brilliant stuff carl it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today thank you very very much we'll talk to you soon thanks so much man cheers so that was uh, Dan's amazing interview there with uh, Carol Doyle. Um, Dan, I, I, there was a lot in it. Um, I, I just, yeah. I, I kind of like Carol's kind of surprised that the world is okay um, when you get out there. Yeah, I think uh, that's something that I learned as well from from talking to him and, and from even from watching from watching the series um, that there is so much more it's just a matter of like looking for it and putting in putting in the time and uh and organizing it and i i thought it was it was um interesting actually talking to him about um the organizational side of it because that is like at the forefront of every disabled person's mind when it comes to 
traveling or organizing meet up with friends or whatever it might be just going out the door then yeah absolutely is is uh is you know organizing it and making sure everything is in place as it needs to be and i thought it was very interesting um when he was kind of saying that uh he himself took over a lot of the organization of it because he knows and he's got the experience of it and um i suppose it 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 took the pressure off i suppose the is the um the feeling i got from it 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 kind of that this was his kind of domain to to work in um and i thought it was it was good from from rte as well to be to be open to um making content like that because i think from the conversation that i had with him and and previous conversations as well is that like um he'd be telling me that it it wouldn't ordinarily be at the forefront of 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 their mind so it's um progress in the right direction for sure yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I would definitely agree with you there. And I think that's probably, um, you know, a reasonably good place in, 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 the, in the jam sandwich of things to end on a positive note. Absolutely. Yeah. So people want to find us, Dan, they can get us at Dan and Dara Doability on uh, Facebook and Instagram if they're really, really interested. Um, and Twitter as well, if you want. Yeah, and Twitter. I don't do Twitter, Dan. Twitter's a toxic place. It's just, it's just it not, is. A, nice, it it's is. not a nice place to be at all. So this has been uh, Dan and Dara on Dublin South FM. I have been Dara McNichols. And I'm Dan Airy, and we'll talk to you very soon.